falling prey to comfortable Christianity? Just going through the motions of your faith without experiencing the wonder of God's presence? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah examines the dangers of this trend and offers biblical tools for developing attitudes of wonder and experiencing authentic worship. To introduce the conclusion of his message, The Wonder of Worship, here's David. I remember a song um, that we used to sing years ago called The Wonder of It All. And uh, whenever we would sing that, I would be reminded of the moments that I'd had in my life when I sensed the uh, beauty and wonder of my faith in Jesus Christ and Christ himself and God in heaven. And um, I hope you have moments like that. Worship isn't just singing a song. It's not uh, lifting your hands. It's that, but it's so much more. Worship is your life. I remember, and and maybe uh, I've mentioned this in one of these messages already, I remember a pro basketball player who was a Christian, and he was so graceful. And somebody asked him one day about that, and he said, when I play basketball, I worship. And uh, his life was a a life of open uh, acknowledgement of Christ. And he basically said, what I do, I do as unto him, and it's an act of worship on my part. Uh, What an encouraging thing that is for us to remember. Well, today we'll do part two of The Wonder of Worship, and we'll get to it in just a moment. But first, let me just talk to you about our rally dates that are coming up this fall. On Thursday, October the 6th, we'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the PNC Arena. Thursday, October 13th, in Orlando, Florida, at the Amway Center. Thursday, October the 20th, in Greenville, South Carolina, at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena. And Friday, November the 11th, in Buffalo, New York, at the Key Bank Center. Uh, Tickets are available for these events. They're free, but you must have a ticket. And you can get your tickets from davidjeremiah.org slash tour. They will be delivered via the Turning Point app. You can get your tickets and be ready to join us in these events that are coming up. These are special events. We're celebrating some milestones at uh, Turning Point, and we want you to be there to help us celebrate. Be sure and ask for your tickets when you get in touch with us at Turning Point. So that's the announcements for what's coming up. Let's get started with part two of the wonder of worship. What an awesome, great God we have. And when we lose the capacity to wonder after him, if it in order for us to appreciate God, we have to summarize him and calculate him and come to conclusions about him. There is something about the unknown mystery of God that adds to the sense of wonder that he is so much greater than all of us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts than our thoughts. If that were not so, how could he be God? And in our appreciation of him and in our worship of him, we have to get past just our intellectual appreciation and get into the sense of wonder. Creation and culmination are the bookends of the scripture. But in the very heart of the book, in the very middle, if you open your Bible to the middle of its pages, you will come to the book of Psalms. Here we find the songs that are about worship and wonder. If you read the words of David, he knew what it was like to wonder after God. 
I can't imagine a believer staying out of the book of Psalms very long. It's the one book that touches us in every part of our life. No matter what your problem, no matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, you read the book of Psalms far enough, you will find a psalm where the psalmist expresses almost what you've experienced and comes to the conclusion of rest in God. But read with me this well-known psalm, Psalm 8. I've chosen the first and third through the fifth verses. Let's read it out loud together once again. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor." It is no wonder that this particular psalm has been a favorite of men and women throughout all of ages. For one thing, it expresses how we all feel at one time or another. God has set his glory above the heavens. We look into the sky and we know that as majestic as the view might be, there is something even more beyond that. Something above all that we can see or feel. And I believe that's the real essence of wonder. When we see the creative work of God... And we go past that to God himself. The night sky casts a divine spell over us. God designed it to be like that. David the psalmist who gazed upon these stars during so many nights of watching over his sheep must have continually marveled. His psalms surely must have many of them been written out under the canopy of space when he spent a night out there shepherding his sheep and was overwhelmed by the beauty of the creative hand of God. He must have realized who was watching over him as he watched over the sheep. And as he considered his Lord, according to the psalm, he finally was brought to consider himself. Have you ever wondered at yourself? (laughs) I mean, in a serious way. The Bible wonders, first of all, at creation and then at culmination. And now, as we read Psalm 8, we're wondering at the creature himself. And listen to what he wonders. As he considers his Lord, he finally is brought to consider himself. And his thoughts are, who am I that I should be worthy of even a thin moment of your attention? And he just wonders. Can you comprehend that? The God who built the universe in which we live, who fashioned the skies who created the earth and all that is in it, that incredibly awesome God knows your name, knows my name, knows what's happening in my life. You say, how can that be? It is a sense of wonder to me. And yet I know it is true that God knows our name. The Bible says he even knows the number of hairs on our head. True worship brings us to this place. It simultaneously humbles us and uplifts us at the same time. In other words, worship places us exactly where we should be in the realization that we are tiny creatures in the presence of a great God, but we are tiny creatures whom he adores. Oh, what the wonder of that could be. The Bible begins with the wonder of creation. And it ends with the wonderful culmination of God's judgment. And in the very center are the psalms, the songs of praise and wonder that we sing as we try to comprehend the greatness of our creator God.
My friends, if we want to worship in spirit and in truth, we have to rediscover the capacity to wonder that God has placed within each of us. It is a God-given gift, and it has been distorted by sin so that our perceptions have been twisted. The opposite of wonder is cynicism. And I doubt if there has ever been a time more characterized by cynicism than the day in which you and I live today. After September the 11th, there was so much media discussion about the death of irony, when in fact little has changed. There is a culture of sarcasm that for decades has filtered down from our media and many of our leaders to infect us all. And let me tell you something, men and women, cynicism is a deadly infection that eats away at your childlike ability to be surprised and delighted and to wonder. It corrodes the channel of worship that God has created for you to commune with him. And it's a disease that is terminal if you don't take care of it. I'm concerned about this because while I see cynicism in the world, I see it creeping into the church. And if we're not careful, it will keep us from knowing God as we have been taught to know him and as we are equipped to know him. If cynicism takes the place of wonder in our hearts, we will be cut off from our creator. So you say, Pastor Jeremiah, where do we go and what do we do? If we have become cynical, if I have become cynical, if I have sensed the dullness to the sense of wonder in my heart, how do I recover my sense of wonder? How do we worship God if we've lost our ability to truly appreciate him? Before we close our Bibles, I want to unpack four pathfinders for putting the wonder back into worship. What do we need to know to approach God once again as little children? And I won't take long to do this. First of all, we must become passionate about living every moment in the wonder of worship. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Jeremiah 29 puts it this way. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. What I am discovering as we try to make our way through this most worldly of worlds is that there is no way you can do that and maintain your sense of wonder and worship of God if you just allow it to be a normal part of your life. If it is just what you do on Sunday, if it is just a little compartment in who you are, you will become victimized by the cynicism around you unless you become passionate about your relationship with God and it becomes the central focus of who you are and what you do. And it's not just something you do part-time, but it's what you do all the time. If it doesn't get you up in the morning with a sense of your desire to know God, If you don't have an overmastering drive to have a relationship with God, it will be very hard for you to stay on track because there is so much coming downstream against us. We live in a cynical world. Are we willing to spend each day in intimate relationship with God? The path to worship begins with passion. I want people who are passionate about what they do people who have a desire to honor God. And it's not just a vocation, it's a lifestyle. We will not recover wonder in a world of cynicism unless it becomes a driving passion in our life. 
I speak to you as a pastor whose full-time job is to study the Bible and to know God. And I tell you that if I do not make this part of my life a unique passion, I can soon be pushed to the circumference of the circle and away from my center in him. Pray for me as I pray for you that our passion to know God will be all absorbing in our lives. Secondly, not only must we be passionate about every living moment, living in the wonder of worship, but we must know God rather than simply knowing about God. Let me say that again. We must know God rather than simply knowing about God. Vance Havner, a Southern Baptist evangelist who is with the Lord now, wrote these words which were perhaps even ahead of his time. He said, we get used to being Christians. We take it for granted and we lose the wonder. Christian activity becomes a battle of wits and a bustle of works. Nothing else under the sun can be as dry, flat, tedious, and exhausting as religious work without the wonder. We dread going to church. We're bored by the sermon. We fall asleep during the Sunday school lesson. We're weary in well-doing. Once we sat amazed in the presence of Jesus, now we want to sit amused in church. Once we were edified, now we want to be entertained. It's all work and no wonder. Toward the end of his life, the great apostle Paul, who was responsible for the human writing of most of the New Testament, at the end of his life, in the letter he wrote to the Philippian church, he said that he had pushed everything else aside for the pursuit of one goal. And this is what he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. The point is obvious, but it's essential. I'm glad you take notes when I preach. I'm glad you're reading books about God, that you've involved yourself in a small group Bible study, but you can do all of those things and still not experience the presence of God in your life. Your mind is just the beginning, but your journey has to take you through your heart. That's the part of you God wants. And yes, we have to be taught and we have to have information and we need to be students and I'm glad we're committed to verse by verse exposition and we go through the Bible book by book. But beyond all of that and past all of that, there is this wonder relationship with God that is more than just your mind. It's your spirit and your soul and your heart that falls in love with him because of what you've learned about him as you've studied. And if you don't go there, you are just a good religious student without a relationship with God. If we're going to recover the sense of wonder and overcome the spirit of cynicism, we have to understand that it's not what we know about God that's important, but it's how we know him in a personal relationship through his son, Jesus Christ, which you know is possible because Jesus Christ died on the cross to open the way for us to have fellowship with the holy God. Thirdly, if we're going to overcome the spirit of cynicism and become wanderers again after God, we'll have to serve God rather than simply identifying with him. Did you know that in the New Testament, the Pharisees identified with God? They did. They knew more about God than you can imagine. They made up new things about God that God didn't know. That's how the Pharisees were. They took God's rules and added rules to the rules. 
And they were so sophisticated in all the stuff they knew about God. But you know what they didn't have? They didn't have a sense of compassion for the people that were around them. So when the Lord Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath day, they didn't have a party for the healing. They had a trial. They all had knowledge about God, but they didn't know what it meant to serve God. If you become a worshiper in the sense of the New Testament and you begin to wonder after God, it will begin to translate into God-like behavior, which is reaching out to others. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's who God is. If we're going to be like God, if we worship him and are transformed into his likeness, we too shall be men and women who reach out and serve. If we're truly worshiping, we will be serving. In fact, in the New Testament language, the word service and the word worship translate the same Greek word. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable what? Worship or service. Either one, it's the same. Do you remember when Satan tempted Jesus to fall down and worship him? It's recorded in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus answered with these words quoted from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Watch carefully how these words are used. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall what? Serve. You worship and you serve. If you draw into yourself and become so one with yourself that you don't reach out to those around you, if you do not serve, you become a primary candidate for a cynical attitude about life. You will begin to see the sense of wonder eaten away in your life. When you worship God, you become like God in the sense that you reach out with love and compassion. And what does the word of God say? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit he has given us. Some of you are riding on a pretty thin veneer of worship because you don't reach out, you don't serve. I'm challenging you to get past that. If not just for the reason of the needs of others, but for your own sake. It's when we enter into the needs of other people and we begin to minister to them and we begin to serve God that we recapture the sense of the wonder of who he is. We begin to see how he works in the lives of people. We begin to see God do things in the lives of our friends that we never thought could be done. We begin to see him do things in our church that we never imagined. And the wonder of who he is is recaptured in our daily experience. Finally, number four, we must worship God daily, which will require adjustments and sacrifices. And I put that in there just like that because that's the way it is. You know, one of the essences of worship is sacrifice. Isn't that true? That's an interesting thought. People say, well, I can't worship God because I don't have time. Or I'm too busy. Well, worship is sacrifice. So the question is, if I'm going to worship God, what am I willing to sacrifice to worship him? In the New Testament, we're told that we are to offer the sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. In the Old Testament, when they brought a sacrifice, what did they do? They killed it. They put it on the altar. It was given never to be recovered to Almighty God. What do we give to worship him? You say, well, Pastor Jeremiah, I got a terrible work schedule and I, you know, get up real early and work late at night and there's no real good time. Welcome to humanity. 
We're all in that boat. I got to tell you about a friend of mine. We were having a discussion one day because he used to come to the club where I work out and I saw him up there pretty routinely. And one day I said to him, you know, I haven't seen you up here recently. And I'll never forget what he said. It just kind of jolted me. It made me go back and examine my own heart. He said, you know, I went up there every day and I realized it was starting to erode my personal devotions and my time with God. And he said, I just had to quit. Now, I have to tell you, my first thought was the guy's just chickening out and doesn't want to work out. I mean, that was my first thought. I mean, you know, he's using this, but I know him better than that. And I realized that he had made a sacrifice for his relationship with God. Now, I pray that you don't have to sacrifice your health to worship God. But every one of us has got to sacrifice something if we're going to be true worshipers. And you see, where we're going with all this, men and women, is this worship isn't what happens in Sunday mornings. Sunday morning should be the overflow of our own personal time of worship with God. It should be the gathering of individual worshipers together to celebrate their individual worship as they worship God collectively. But if this is the only worship we have, we've already lost it. We've lost the sense of wonder. We cannot, no matter how good our musicians are, no matter how good our leaders are, no matter how great our graphics are, we cannot, with our lights and with the ambience in the room, create the sense of wonder that is lost to your heart because you are unconnected from God from Sunday to Sunday. We can encourage and enhance and motivate and celebrate all of our worship when we come together, but it starts in our hearts because worship is not an activity. It's a lifestyle. It's a personal relationship. You know what else I've discovered? I've discovered, and I just throw this in for free. I never thought of this before, but you know what the opposite of worship is? Worry. Did you ever think about that? The opposite of worship is worry. You cannot at one and the same time be worried and be worshiping. Because when you are worshiping, you're caught up with the essence and the wonder of who God is. And you recognize that who he is is sufficient for every situation in your life. I have to keep reminding myself of that over and over again. Finally, if we're going to recover the sense of wonder in our walk with the Lord, we must worship God daily, which requires adjustments and sacrifices. And when we do that, God will begin to move in to our experience And best of all, we will become like children again in every good sense of being a child. And you know, when we get back to the sense of who God is, it's going to put the aha back in our worship and all. We'll be reading something from the Word, and it'll come through to us so wonderfully, and we'll just say, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, oh, the wonder of who He is. That's what I want in my life. And my friends, that's what I pray for, that we will be men and women who truly worship God in our spirit and in our heart. And you know, worship isn't just a good feeling. It's not just uh, getting chills or goosebumps because of something that's happened. It's not even necessarily the response to a good sermon or a good song. Worship is the giving of ourselves to God, and we'll talk about that tomorrow as we discuss the sacrifice of worship, Thursday and Friday here on Turning Point. You know, we have a new book coming out in October. I want to tell you just a little bit about it. It's called It's Not the End of the World, but it is the World of the End. 
And it's based upon our Lord's Olivet Discourse when he sat down on the Mount of Olives with four of his disciples and answered their questions about the future. He gave us a picture of what we should expect as we draw near to his return and how we should respond to that as we go forward. And I want you to have this book. You can pre-sale order it. And when you do so, you will get a lot of extra things that will come with it. Some beautiful prophetic assets that we will make available to you and send to you. And uh, they will be helpful to you in your own life. And they are our way of saying thank you for joining us in the pre-sale of The World of the End. So in order to get involved in the pre-sale, go to davidjeremiah.org. There you will find all the information you need. Thanks for listening. Today's message originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. Let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by writing to us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4 visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca/radio or calling 800-946-4300 ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2023 moving mountains and spend each day encouraged it's yours for a gift of any amount you can also download the free turning point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search for the keywords Turning Point Ministries. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, My Heart's Desire, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Do you have faith that moves mountains? Turning Point's Moving Mountains 2023 calendar will remind you of the power of faith. With monthly scriptures and a Bible reading plan, this 14-month calendar will help you stay organized and grow in the Lord. The Moving Mountains calendar is yours with a gift of any amount to the ministry. And when you give $100 or more, we'll send you five calendars, perfect for sharing with family and friends. Go to davidjeremiah.ca. I have a friend who recently turned 65. He is in good health and hopes to stay alert and productive until he's at least 90. That means he has 25 years ahead of him. He's doing something we all should do. He's planning for the future. The Bible says a lot about planning, most of which boils down to this. We should make our plans as good stewards of God's gifts and resources to us. 
but always leave plenty of room for God to change our plans according to His better ideas. Regardless of how many days or years we have left, planning is a godly endeavor. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's plans on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.